Hey everyone, you're listening to The Reality of It Is. Thanks for joining me and listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button because I need those stats because hopefully this is going to turn into something someday. If not, that's okay because it's still fun. I'm here with Amanda, which a lot of my treehouse people know Amanda because she is a treehouse folk. Hey, treehouse folks. Woohoo! Did you see... um, do you remember Phil? Yeah, of course. He has a video. Him and Connor made a video of like the like the store closing. Oh, really? But like Connor's like riding his bike through the store. Oh, I'm sad I missed it. It's hilarious. It's on. I'll show you afterwards. It's so funny. It's on there. Um, I guess I sh- not all my listeners are tree are not all of my listeners are treehouse people. So I guess I should <laughs> not focus on that. <laughs> But anyways, but that's how we know each other. Yes, that's how Amanda and I know each other. And Amanda is you. You wanted to talk about um, some things on rejection. Yeah, definitely. I think um, re- the rejections I've experienced throughout my life have taught me a lot, and I'd love to kind of dig into that more and talk about kind of how to embrace rejection as it's happening instead of running away from it. Yeah, I think everyone. I don't think anyone's an expert at that. No, I'm figuring it out as I go. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I, uh, I've i experienced rejection in a lot of aspects of my life and, and every time it's taught me quite a bit. And um, I'm trying now as I encounter it instead of, you know, getting scared and running the other direction to really try to embrace what's happening in the moment and try to learn from it what it's trying to teach me. But and where would you say, what was your first experience with, with rejection? I don't know if it was my first experience, but I think definitely the most impactful experience was my experience with Treehouse. So I started working at Treehouse, um, I guess it was 2015? I guess it was 2015. I can't remember. Um, but I, I had been working at a, a public relations company um, that Treehouse had hired on to do PR and social media and um, or was thinking of hiring on. And then instead, they just kind of poached me from the PR agency and brought nice. me in-house. Um, and so at the time, it was kind of this this perfect storm of everything I was looking for. It was a marketing position <clears throat> at a company that – you know, with a home improvement company, which is kind of one of my other passions Mm -hmm. um, that was focused on sustainability, which is a huge piece of my life. I've been vegan for five years and um, I'm just trying, always trying to be very conscious of my impact on the planet. And so it was kind of this really perfect marriage of of everything I could have wanted in a job. Yeah. Um, and it was a startup and it was exciting and they wanted me and they like stole me from another company and I felt very yeah. wanted and very needed. And um, <clears throat> I was I was just ready to kind of jump in head first and I definitely did. I mean, I was there for just under two years and um, I feel like I really just threw my, my whole self into my work. Mm-hmm. I was working... 70 plus hours a week, many yeah. weeks. And, um, you know, it was starting to affect my relationships outside of work and it was really taking a toll on me, but I, I didn't care. I was like, I'm saving the planet. I'm saving the world. Like, yeah, I can do this. And, um, and so I did that. I did that for two years and I kind of felt like I <clears throat> had, had devoted my whole self to this company and I had shown them so much loyalty and I'd put in so many late nights and I, sacrificed so many opportunities with family like one of my biggest regrets at treehouse was um, my sister actually got quite sick and was in the hospital and I decided to stay at in Austin instead of going to visit her because I had a work event and like that to me is kind of the epitome of how much I had like dedicated myself to that company and um so anyways long story short um a few about two years into it the company was not doing well financially and I was part of a reduction in force um, where they laid off about, it was like eight or nine folks at once. <clears throat> and it felt, was it only that? I thought it was more. It may have been more. I mean, and I, you know, wasn't privy to all the details, obviously. Right, right. But, you know, these people had become my family and I felt 
I mean, I had been to their weddings and met their children and yeah. like it, it just felt like it felt very personal because the, these people who, you know, were family to me, it was like so cold. It felt, it really felt like a breakup. Like that's the only way I can describe it. Yeah. And I, and I handled it like a breakup where it's like, you're stalking them on social media. But instead of like a boyfriend, I was stalking the company on social media and like yeah. seeing what they were up to. And it was just really shocking because I felt like I had shown the company so much loyalty yeah, and so much dedication. And, and in return, I was like kind of thrown to the side and it, in the moment it was so devastating and I like did not know where I would turn next and I felt like it was the end of my career and I could I would never find any job that kind of hit checked all those boxes the way this job did where it was something I was passionate about and it was something that excited me and something that was making an impact on the planet and was in my you know wheelhouse and in my industry and Mm -hmm. I was like I'm never gonna find something like that ever again and I think you know, it was a really tough couple months and, um, you know, I was able, you know, I was job hunting and trying to figure out what I wanted. And I think in the moment I was just so freaked out. I was like my whole like foundation of trust in myself and in my work was totally shaken. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> I think, I think in the moment I just really wanted to like run the other direction and be like, okay, but can I just hit rewind and like go back to how everything was? Yeah. And then, you know, now when I look back on it, what I think I wasn't real, what I didn't realize in the moment that I realize now is that what that experience was doing was showing me all of the things that I didn't allow myself to see while I was in that position. So you know, it seemed so perfect in the moment and it seemed like everything I wanted in the moment. And then in hindsight, it was like, oh, this is not what I want. Like, I do not yeah. want a job that takes over my life. Right. I do not want a job that requires me to commit 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I do not want a, you know, a job that kind of doesn't blurs the line between my identity and my work. And yeah. I don't think I. Ooh, can you repeat that? What did you just say? Yeah, I just, I didn't, at the time I thought I wanted this, but I, you know, in hindsight, I realized that I didn't want a job that blurred the line between my identity and my work. Mm -hmm. So, and it was, it was my identity. It was like, hey, I'm Amanda. I work at Treehouse. Yeah. And, um, it was, it sounds like it was devastating. It was, it was literally like a breakup with someone I was totally in love with. Yeah. And I had no control over it and I couldn't be like. I couldn't convince them to take me back and um, it because it had become such a part of my identity I felt like I lost who I was and I remember sitting in my therapist office and being like she was like well you know now you have all this free time like think about how you might want to like spend that free time what what do you like to do in your in your spare time and I I could I couldn't answer her I was like I don't know that's what I treehouse was what I like to do. Yeah, that was it. It was like my work. I was always working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but now, you know, now that I'm on the other side of it, I realized how toxic it was, how toxic of a, how demanding of a role it was, how toxic of an environment it was for me. And I just was so dedicated to it and so blindly dedicated to it that I didn't have mm-hmm. that hind, you know, that perspective, perspective on it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and so, You know, I kind of try to live my life by the saying that rejection is the universe's protection. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's really hard to to see that in the moment. But I really, truly believe that that role was harming me personally and emotionally. And and this was a way for the universe to kind of look out for me and force me to get to some perspective on what my priorities should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And... And now I'm in a role that I absolutely love and I work for a company that really takes care of its people yeah. and I'm not saving the world, <laughs> but... You are personally though. Well, debatable, but... <laughs> trying to. Trying to. Trying to make an impact. But, you know, I think what the, the whole experience did for me was give me perspective of like, what are my priorities? And my priorities are, I want a job that 
allows me time to live my life. Mm-hmm. I want a, I want to work for a company that cares in, about its people and takes care of its people and listens to its people. Actually cares about its people. Yeah, no comment. Um, <laughs> and I want to work, you know, I want my work to be challenging but not overwhelming. I want it to, right. to teach me. I want it to I want to learn. I want to grow in my role. Um, mm-hmm. But I also don't want it to consume who I am. And so I have found that and and I work at um, Verbo, which is a vacation rentals company based in in Austin, formerly HomeAway. We just um, transitioned our corporate identity. So Woo-hoo. now Verbo, but you know, it's, it's an amazing company and I'm not changing the world. I'm not saving lives, but you know, I, I go into work every day. I feel proud of the work that I do. I work for a company I care about. I'm helping people, you know, I work on the partner side of things. So I'm helping people pay their mortgages and pay for their kids college. And, you know, there are benefits to that work that quite aren't quite as tangible as the work we were doing at Treehouse but for me it's it's just as fulfilling and it's fulfilling in that it allows me to have my life um mm-hmm. you know outside of the work that I do every day and I don't feel like it's baked into who I am it's not part of you know the fiber and DNA of of my identity anymore and to me that's very liberating and I don't think I would have ever figured any of that out if I hadn't been forced out of my role at Treehouse. And so I think kind of my learning from all of that is just, like in that moment, it just feels like the most devastating thing you could ever go through. And it's so painful. I had just bought my house. I was like two months into buying my house. Um, And I was like just so hurt. I was so hurt that these people that I called family would have blindsided me the way that they did and not given me a heads up. And I was like, just couldn't wrap my head around like how this could ever be a positive thing in my life. That this was like such a negative thing. And now I look back on it and it's, you know, one of the best things that has happened to me Mm -hmm. in the last five years because it really forced perspective into my life. And it forced me to evaluate what is important to me. I didn't realize that, I didn't realize that anyone had taken it personally everyone took it personally yeah no so I didn't know that I really didn't and I and I think particularly like the folks that had been there a long time or the folks that were on leadership that were were involved in the leadership team yeah that were like go I mean it truly was family it was like we'd start our meetings talking about how our lives were outside of work and how our weekends were and how our family was doing and I knew I felt like I knew these people on a very personal level yeah um and then to just, it really felt like I was totally blindsided and had no well, you were. heads up. And so that, it just felt very personal and, and there was no like reaching out afterwards to be like, um, how are you? I'm yeah. so sorry. Is everything okay? And, you know, a few folks did and, and a few folks helped me out for sure to kind of figure things out. And mm-hmm. And that to me was a true testament to those individuals who took the time to reach out yeah but you know it was like so devastating in that moment and now I just look back with so much gratitude because I was so unhappy and I didn't realize I was unhappy and I was so just spent I was just so tired and so worn out and I just Mm -hmm. didn't have it in me anymore and you know now now I just have this you know I still work hard and I still have moments of like oh I'm so busy but I feel like I have balance finally and I don't think I realized I was lacking that until it was kind of forced forced on me yeah and it sounds like you put um you kind of transferred where you found your value in I guess value but like you said identity really mm-hmm. was in work but now God forbid, but if you did lose your job or decided to quit, it wouldn't be as devastating because you're not putting your identity within that job. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like by losing the the title, you know, of of um, marketing mm-hmm. manager at Treehouse, mm-hmm. I was losing who I was, and I I didn't know how to reconcile that because I didn't have a choice. It's like it was totally like a breakup. I was like, I didn't have a choice. I just had to suck it up and deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it was like, well, who am I and what do I like to do? I don't even know anymore. And I I was spending so much energy 
on work and making work happen and be successful and be the best version of my work that I totally lost all of these pieces of me that yeah. I find, you know, that that are very integral to who I am. And I think I have found that now in my role where I have I love my work and I I'm proud of my work and I go home at the end of the day and I have other projects that I get to invest time and energy in that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if I was still committing that much of myself and my time to my job. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, I feel like I'm kind of struggling with a similar thing right now. Um, as far as like title and Mm -hmm. reaching the goal. Oh, I'm in my twenties and I want to hit this, this, goal in life and I'm and I'm hitting it but I'm like oh this isn't I don't want to do this anymore Mm -hmm. this isn't worth it this isn't what I thought it's not as important to me yeah as what I thought it would be or what it used to be yeah one of my focuses in the last kind of six months or so is I think because of how I was raised like I was raised by a very strong woman and Mm -hmm. she is an executive and I went to an all-girls school that was like you know, constantly pushing us to like, you know, reach for higher and higher and higher and like defy odds and like defy, you know, gender norms and, you know, do whatever you want to do and be whoever you want to be. And so, and then it was like, okay, high school was to get into a great college and college is to get into a grad school and grad school is to get a great job. And then you keep climbing the ladder and you keep going up and up and up. And I think for so long, I've seen growth as vertical. Yep. Yeah. And I think in the last six months to a year, I've really tried to start looking at, at growth as kind of like more of a windy path. And sometimes your growth is going to go upwards and yeah. sometimes it's going to go outwards. And sometimes the goal doesn't have to be the next promotion or the next step up. Sometimes growth means I'm learning skills and, um, you know, I'm learning skills that are would technically be a lateral growth pattern, but it's still expanding my knowledge and expanding yeah. who I am. And I think, you know, particularly as women, we feel this pressure to like do more and succeed more and climb the yeah. ladder and shatter the ceiling. And yeah. I think we need to start trying to find more value in growing outward and expanding our skills and expanding who we are and exploring totally different paths that might not be directly related to your career goals, but still, you know, help us grow into stronger, more well-rounded people. So that's kind of been something I've been trying to focus on this year and just like trying to be content in where I am and content with my role and my title and try to find learning opportunities outside of that Mm -hmm. that'll still be beneficial, but not put that pressure to like always be getting the next promotion. Yeah. I, I find it, it's really on, it's a really unhappy life doing yeah, that. Yeah. To constantly be like scraping to get one yeah. rung higher. Totally. But that's, I feel like that's how we've been taught. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. A hundred percent. I literally just wrote a blog about this on like the American dream and like, okay, oh, well, yeah. you're not anything until you get that title. Mm-hmm. You're not anything until you become someone. And it's like, well, says who? Right. I don't want to be, like, against whose perspective and standard. Like, I don't care. Yeah, and I think that was one of the pieces of perspective that I kind of got from my whole um, work experience and, like, leaving Treehouse and, and coming to Home Away slash Verbo. It's like... Um, I, I don't, like, I... At Treehouse, it was all about success, and I had to be successful in everything. And, like, mm-hmm. the company had to be successful. My work had to be successful. And now I'm content with, like, doing good work and contributing yeah. to something. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm really happy and content in that space and, like, not having to, like, always be succeeding and always be doing everything perfectly. And yeah. it's a little bit of pressure off right. to just be, like, I'm a contributor. and exactly. I And I help move – projects along and I'm doing work that is challenging and I'm learning in the process and and I'm okay with that yeah and it also sounds like it doesn't it no longer is up to you because I feel like at Treehouse you everyone kind of had a role where it was like well shit the buck stops here yeah I can't do it 
accountability. Like you're accountable for all of it. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, we're not going to make it if I don't do my part. Obviously Mm -hmm. that mean that meant everyone doing their part, Mm -hmm. but it was just so high stakes. Yeah. Such high stakes. The stakes were so high every day and it was exhausting. And I don't think I realized that work didn't have to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that was an option to Yeah. You can (laughs) go into work and and do a good job and check out at five and not check your email and not check your Slack until the next morning. And the world will keep spinning. Yeah. The world, exactly. The world keeps going regardless of me working or not on this, on this, whatever it is. Yeah. I feel like I similarly learned that, but fortunately not in as much of a devastating way, I guess. Through Treehouse. Yeah, I, I it worked out. Ways. But that, yeah. And that's the point is like it worked out. And, and I, you know, I still have hurt feelings about some of it. And there are still folks yeah. that I'm still haven't heard from and that, you know, will remain painful. But um, at the end of the day, I look back on it and I'm so grateful that I was forced into that situation because it really taught me so much. And it also taught me to trust myself. Like I, I know I will figure it out always. I mm. always figure it out and I will always figure it out and I'll come out the other side having, you know, be to, I'll come out the other side a better person. Cause I've, you know, I've had to figure my shit out. And um, do you, do you relate this back to everything in life? I think so. I mean, I think, you know, I just had to do this, uh, exercise for work. And we had to write um, a piece about who we trusted the most. And I was like, oh, I don't mean to sound like really self-absorbed, but I definitely trust myself the most. Yeah. And I think experiences like this definitely um, kind of reiterate that for me. It's like, I know that regardless of what happens, worst case scenario, I get fired from my job and I'm on the hook for a mortgage. Well, that happened already. And I figured it out and I got a job that I like a lot more and I'm a lot happier in and is paying me quite a bit more. And it's like, it's fine. I figured it out and I trust that I'll figure it out. And so now when I'm stressed or overwhelmed, I kind of try to bring that to the table of like, what's the very worst thing that would happen right now? And it's like, okay, well, if that is what happens, I'll figure it out. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have yourself. I'll navigate through that and I will figure it out. And I think, um, you know, I think that can be said for all kinds of rejection, um, like beyond work stuff. Like I've experienced rejection and personal situations as well. Yeah. You know, my first relationship when I first moved to Austin, I was just like, so again, like I throw myself into things and I throw my whole self into things. And I certainly did that with my relationship when I moved here and was just giving 150% of myself to this person and certainly didn't get nearly a hundred percent back. Um, and that relationship ended very devastatingly. I was being cheated on and I, you know, then, and then I was, I was the one that was dumped and then he started dating a friend of mine and it was just like, I felt so broken and I didn't know, you know, I was like, this is bullshit. Like, why is this happening? Yeah. Like this, I'm never going to get out the other end of this. And I couldn't, you know, and I've had that saying, rejection is the universe's protection for quite a while and I just I couldn't see it in that moment I was like yeah this is not you're not protecting me like I'm hurt and I'm broken and like this is devastating yeah and um I think in hindsight like that whole experience I was dumped and two weeks later my now boyfriend got dumped And so we got dumped like within two weeks of each other and we were friends at the time. And so we were like, well, we should start going and getting dinner and like talking about our feelings and how sad we are. And um, that kind of led into these like monthly dinners. And then we started spending more time together. And um, that's so nice. Yeah. Well, we were like fake dating for so long. Um, But but that's I mean, but yeah, it started and it started at a time when both of us were certainly not ready to be in another relationship and we're just trying to navigate through this rejection and navigate through the heartache of that and trying to understand it and trying to commiserate with someone who was going through the same thing and it started as these you know monthly dinners that turned into like hanging out together more and then you know about probably a year later we finally started 
dating, dating. And now here we are four years later. And I can't imagine my life without this person. And I think of like how, how hurt I was and how broken I was and how much, how in pain I was during that situation. And I just could not, could not understand like how this rejection could possibly bring me to something positive or bright or beautiful or, you know, like fulfilling. And, and I, I just, I wouldn't have the relationship I have now without having gone through all of that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think it's a very similar experience. It's like, you just feel so rejected. Like, what could I have done differently? What could I have done better? And the reality is, the reality of it is, the reality of it is that like, that you're not going to be able to change anything or do anything better. It was never about you. This is like part of your journey. And it's going to, you're going to find, you're going to learn whatever you're supposed to learn out of that experience. And then you're going to find yourself in the place you're supposed to be and you're going to be like, wow, I can't imagine my life without having experienced that. And I truly cannot imagine my life without having experienced either of those things or any sort of rejection I've experienced, whether it was being rejected from Georgetown, which was like my top choice, college. No, I hear you. Yeah, and now I'm like, yeah. God, I can't fucking imagine going to Georgetown. It's so not the yeah. right fit for me. Right. Um, to being rejected by boyfriends or being rejected by jobs. And like all of it just feels so hard to navigate in the moment but those are all the moments that I grew and learned about myself and proved to myself that I can you know figure my way through this and I can learn from it and grow from it and I'll be better off for having experienced it um so yeah I don't know I think it's it's a critical part of becoming who you are yeah. And it's hard to remember that in the moment because you just like are so angry. Yeah. Well, like you said, you you don't see the big picture. And you, never. I, you never, I don't think you ever will. Yeah. Um, I, my counselor tells me, um, like we're only, I think I mentioned this maybe in another podcast, but it was like, there's a hymn and it talks about, uh, it's a lamp unto my feet mm-hmm. and you only see the small steps in front of you. Right. Um, and I've always thought, well, if you just told me the big picture, if you just tell me yeah. the future, like I'll, I'll just know and I'll feel better and I'll get through, I'll, I'll be able to get through this cause I know what's coming down the road. Yeah. But I actually, exactly. That's, that's what I thought. But then as I've had bigger things happen to me, it's almost, they're just too big, mm-hmm. too good, too big for me to, I need the little steps. Right. Cause I can't swallow this whole uh, W-H-O-L-E. Yeah. <laughs> like this, this big thing that's going to happen to me or, or whatever it is, just life in general. Like I, I don't want to know the big picture because I can't hear Right. It. And if you know the big picture, then you don't, you don't experience like the terror almost, or like the panic of, of like being in that moment and not knowing what's coming next. And that's how you grow. And that's how you, right. You learn is, not knowing what the big picture is, but trusting yourself and trusting the situation that like you will get out the other side of it and you'll be a better person for it. And you'll have learned, you know, you'll have learned so much out of the experience that you would not have otherwise been forced to learn. Right. And I think that that is a big piece of it is that it's like forcing you to figure something out before you're ready to figure it out. And that's why it's so chaotic and scary because you think you're fine and happy and you think everything's great and then you're being like shoved off the cliff and being forced to like build a parachute on the way down. And mm-hmm. and if you never get pushed off the cliff, you're certainly never going to jump yourself. So yeah, I, think, I wouldn't. Right. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, that's what that is what is so powerful about rejection is it forces you into that situation before you, mm-hmm. you're ready mm-hmm. and you just kind of have to trust that you're going to figure it out before you, you hit the bottom. It kind of sounds like you're not taking it as personally anymore or you're seeing rejection not as personally. Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly depends on each situation. And I think I have, I, ha- I think I had reasons to take that situation personally, you know, just how it was handled and and just the nature of, of the company and how close everyone was. But I do think I... I try not to panic in the same mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really been a big takeaway is 
when I'm when I'm faced with something that I wasn't ready for, I wasn't expecting, it's kind of this moment to pause and and say like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to learn something along the way. I, w- I will figure this out. Yeah. And I also want to add a caveat that I think that mindset is like fairly privileged. I have like a very supportive family and, you know, I have a lot of, um, I've had a lot of opportunities that not everyone gets. And so I think that idea of like, everything's going to be fine. I will figure it out comes with a lot of privilege. And I don't want to I don't want to ignore that because I don't think everyone has that situation, but I do think, you know, if you can get through a few of those experiences, that's how you start to build trust in yourself and trust in Mm -hmm. the fact that like you'll find a solution. And I I feel like I can have continued to do that regardless of what the challenge was, Um, whether it's being, you know, pushed out of a job I wanted to stay in or stuck in a job I didn't want to stay in or um, in a relationship that wasn't right for me or whatever, you know, all of those things have continued to build trust in myself. And now as I encounter conflict or I encounter rejection, it's like, okay, pause, breathe, everything's going to be fine. What am I I being forced to learn out of this? And like, how am I going to get out the other side unscathed? Well, and you have your, it, yeah, if that's possible. Yeah. And if it's not, it sometimes it's not going to be. Yeah. But the fact that you have yourself as a foundation. Right. And like a base point. If if all else becomes a tornado, you mm-hmm. still got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think people should give themselves more credit than they often do. And like we can... We can go through a lot more before we break than we think we can. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do you Do you feel the need to have any more of a foundation from other places? Or, and or, like, do you feel content with yourself as the base? I mean, I think I'll continue to grow and learn. And I just don't, I, I'm not going to know those opportunities. And I think that's kind of the point of, sorry point of this conversation is that like you don't know what your weaknesses are until you're forced to face them and you don't know what areas you need to grow in and learn in until you're forced to figure it out and so I'm sure that there are blind spots that I have that I haven't had to face yet and something will happen a lot like down the line that will force me to to confront them so I remain open to whatever those lessons will be. And I think that's kind of how we have to move forward. It's like, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to come. And, and we have to remain open to letting it teach us what it's here to teach us. Yeah. And, you know, and never, and remaining humble enough to know that you're never going to stop learning from those experiences. Yeah. But, but I do trust myself as kind of like the foundation to yeah. kind of carry me through and navigate through those those experiences would you say the two the two rejection parts that you've spoken about have those forced you like that is like you could pinpoint those are the reasons why you can rely on yourself oh they certainly were two of the more um challenging and trying experiences I have had as Mm -hmm. a young adult and I think they've but they both taught me you know they both taught me so much. If anything, like if, if the experience itself didn't teach me something, it taught me like, for example, like being rejected by that boyfriend. It was like that taught me only so much, but it also taught me to prioritize myself and prioritize mm-hmm. my health. And mm-hmm. I that's why I started seeing a therapist. And then yeah. that has taught me, you know, in spades, like how to take care of myself and how to navigate through life. And so if anything, it like teaches you how to prioritize certain parts of who you are and, and prioritize, you know, what is important to you. And then from there, you're able to continue to learn and grow. I guess I'm really just impressed with how comfortable you feel with yourself. And I think a lot of people have that. And I think a lot of people don't. And I am unfortunately am one that doesn't. So as you're talking about, it, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I think the big secret. I was just talking about this with a friend. I think a, the big secret in life is that everyone's cripplingly insecure, and everyone thinks everyone else has their shit together. And the reality yeah. of it is, no one has their shit together. Yes. Um. That's and so, true. so you're very kind to say that, but I think you know it's 
um, it's an ongoing struggle and challenge for everyone. Mm-hmm. And like, we're all trying to figure this out. We're all trying to figure life out. We're all trying to get our shit together. Everyone's insecure. Everyone's socially awkward. Everyone like has their own anxieties and their yeah. own insecurities. And I was, um, joking with my mom about it. It's like, you, you always think like everyone's, you know, judging you and thinking about you weird, like that you're so weird and like, you know, talking about you behind your back. But in all honesty, nobody's no thinking about thinking you. About, everyone's yeah. thinking about themselves totally. and everyone's freaking out about the same things about themselves. Yeah. And so if you just like approach th- like life with that understanding, it's so much yeah. less intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like no one no one's no thinking one about you and no one you. has their shit together. Right. And we're all freaking out. So. Well, you'll do the one embarrassing thing and someone's going to notice. Yeah. But guess what? They're not. They, they, they noticed and then they moved on because they don't care. Yeah. I'm always like, oh my God, like I'll keep thinking about the embarrassing thing that I did mm-hmm. like for the rest of the event or whatever yeah, you it is. You just dwell and dwell and dwell. Yeah. I just dwell on it. And then finally I'm like, wait, no one else cares no about me about enough. It. No one's thinking about it. <laughs> to I dwell a, on it. That one much. of my best friends from college, her mom, Donna, always says like whenever she's like fixing her hair or like freaking out about how she looks, Donna's always like, ain't nobody looking at you. It's so true. It's like, no oh, one cares. No. no one's looking at you. And no one's paying attention to anyone but themselves. Yeah. And it just takes the pressure off a little bit. It totally does. To just be like, we're all going to figure it out. Yeah. And we'll, we're all going to be fine. I just want everyone to, I don't know, I guess if we, if everyone just laid out their struggles, I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just, great. I went through an, a really interesting program at, at my work. Um, about a month ago, um, and it was a training on emotional intelligence. It was six days long, and part of the program was these things called T groups, where we would get into groups of ten, and every other day we'd basically have like a big group therapy session. But it was uh, with work people, you know. So it's yeah. a very interesting dynamic because these are people that you work with, and we were sharing like very intimate and very personal things about our lives. And I think when you realize that everyone everyone's carrying their own albatross and everyone's yeah. carrying their you know fighting their own silent battles yeah. we often that we often don't hear about mm-hmm. like it just kind of takes the pressure off a little bit it's like everyone's got their own shit and everyone's struggling yeah. with something and it totally humanizes people and it makes you able to relate to them on a much deeper yeah. level and then things like getting this you know form signed and and approved and submitted becomes a a lot easier when you can relate to the person you're working with on a on a more intimate personal level and you like bring your whole self to work and so it was a really interesting dynamic and a really interesting challenge to kind of share those silent battles with people but it also was really eye-opening to be like we're all going through shit and once we realize that it like takes the scariness out of our own, our own battles. Yeah, it kind of breaks down the barriers a little bit. Totally, it's not as intimidating to go up to John yeah. to sign the piece <laughs> of paper, or Deborah for yeah, whatever. Yeah, totally. And I think after Treehouse, I was really I put up a lot of barriers at work where I was like, I don't need to be your friend. I like you don't need to know about my life mm-hmm. because that didn't serve me in the past, and like I don't need to be that open. Sure. Um, about who I am or my life or anything at work. Work is work, life is life. Yeah. And I think it took me a little bit of time to realize that, you know, you don't you don't gain anything by putting up walls and not being vulnerable with people. That's true. I think vulnerability is kind of this key to like really relating with people and relationships is the foundation are the foundation of like how we get everything done in this world. Yeah. And so it's like if you're not willing to be vulnerable with people, you're not going to build those relationships. And so. I think that was certainly something I had to kind of back away from after my experience with Treehouse and going to my new role. I was very, just like very separate. Work life and life life were very separate. And I think in the last probably nine months or so, I've really made an effort to kind of like be vulnerable and break down those walls a bit and really try to let people know who I am and and as a result I'm happier in my with my work and I think I'm doing better work and I think people work 
better with me. And I think that was a valuable lesson and and kind of one of my overcorrections from from that experience with rejection. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like what you said about you don't, you're not going to gain anything from not being vulnerable. There's like... Yeah, I mean, I think relationships are, in all of their forms, are the foundation of, of how we get everything done. Yeah. And how... You know, it's also, it's the foundation of what everyone's craving from other people. Like relationships fuel the world. And if you, can, if you're not willing to build those relationships at work, your work is going to suffer as a result. If you're not willing to build those kinds of relationships with friends, your friendships are not going to be very valuable to you or they're not, and they're not going to serve you very well. And so I think I kind of overcorrected after feeling very hurt from my last job. And then I, I quickly realized that that was detrimental to my work and my experience at work mm-hmm. and kind of had to find a healthier balance yeah. of letting people in and being vulnerable with people while still, you know, protecting myself a little bit. Yeah. What, and you wrote, um, you wrote an article about it, right? I did. Yeah. So I write, um, I'm supposed to write monthly. Chelsea, don't get mad at me. I owe you an article. <laughs> um, I write for a blog called Pass Fail. Um, you can find it at passfailpassfail.com. And it's a really amazing platform for primarily women to share their experiences with success and failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first article I wrote for Pass Fail was about my experience being laid off and just how devastating it was and how I totally felt like I lost my identity. And that was really the first time I'd ever like publicly talked about any of that experience and, yeah. and to the point of being vulnerable and how that kind of fuels relationships like after I shared that article I had so many folks reach out to me from all parts of my life from back home from college that were like thank you so much for sharing this I'm going through this right now or I don't know what I'm doing with my career and this is so helpful and it kind of opened the door to a lot of really beautiful and meaningful conversations with people that I care about that I haven't had the chance to have those conversations with in a long time yeah Um, that's really neat so yeah, I think it kind of was a nice lesson in the power and the value of sharing and and being vulnerable. I love I love your article or your blogs. Um, I read I read your most I've read all of them, but your most recent one really stuck to me because about owning your space. Yes, yeah. owning your space. But so you also you also started your own blog. I did called I was about to say a safe coat <laughs> a second coat a er, second coat earlier I said the name of her um blog was a, a safe coat which is a treehouse product a product that we, we sold at treehouse <laughs> yeah um but it's called a second coat like a second coat of paint right and you do projects on your house and you share like step-by-steps how to do it oh my gosh I forgot about your step-by-steps yeah those are so helpful good I'm glad I'm hoping some like at least one person is reading them um but (laughs) more people are but yeah so I started the blog because I've always been obsessed with home improvement and like DIY projects and um when I especially when I was in college I was you know, had to be a little bit thriftier with my money. So I would just like try to do things myself before I paid someone to do them for me. Yeah. And, um, and I just fell in love with it. And I think that's why I was so excited about the role at Treehouse. Cause it was kind of this beautiful, um, marriage of everything I loved, but, um, and I learned so much at Treehouse that I still use on my home today. So yeah. I'm like so grateful for that knowledge, but, um, yeah, it was like this, this space that I love and I just feel so comfortable in and it motivates me and it's like so exciting to me and it's like instant gratification. You know, if you scrape your ceiling, that's instant gratification. You like, you see the work that you're doing. And so for me, that is like, I don't know, it's just very fun and I love it. And I've always kind of felt like I, I was a little bit of an imposter of like, oh, like, you know, this is a space for men. This is a space for um, you know, I, I walk into a Home Depot and I'm a very feminine person. So even if I'm like working on stuff, um, you know, sometimes I'll walk into a Home Depot in like a skirt and heels and be like, right. I need lumber. Yeah. Um, and I, I just am treated very differently and it pisses me off. And yeah. so, you know, for me, that article about owning the space that you want to own, it's like, if we don't start doing that, you know, we're not going to ever change the norm. Yeah. And 
for me, like this blog is an outlet to kind of embrace that part of my life and not feel, you know, like a fraud or a fake. And then hopefully help other folks who might feel the same way Mm -hmm. feel a bit more comfortable and empowered to like go do it as well. Yeah. Um, Because I think like, I think a lot of, um, I've had, I've had several friends like reach out to me and be like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. Like, I don't even know how to hang a picture on my wall. And I'm like, you actually do though. You've just never done it because like you, for some reason, believe that you can't do it. Yeah. But I promise you, like if you wanted to go build a table, I promise you, you could. Yeah. And so that was kind of the impetus for the project was to kind of give permission to people to like figure it out and it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be like you know quality craftsmanship that you'd pay some professional to do but it's your work and you execute it at yourself right and and that's like really fucking cool yeah absolutely so on on your blog you share um home improvement things that you've done to your Mm -hmm. home yeah and then like step-by-step process but then we can also just watch the improvement which I think is fun like I watched you tile I think it was a... It was my back- friend's shop, yeah. Yes. So a friend of mine's opening a shop on West 5th Street in Austin called Open Invite. It's like a vintage furniture store. And she found this gorgeous doll tile at uh, Re- Habitat Restore for yeah. $5 a box, which is like Love insane. Um, so the bathroom was in pretty rough shape. So we decided to tile the wall. And I'm going to be doing a bunch of tile work in my kitchen. Love it. So I was like, can I come practice? Yes. <laughs> and she was like, please come help. So you know, like little projects like that, where it's like neither of us had really ever done that before. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, we figured it out and it looks pretty damn good. And we yeah. saved a lot of money. And hopefully, you know, I'll eventually do kind of a nice, you know, laid out tutorial on it. But it was a really nice practice round for me. And it was, yeah. I think the more times you just jump into things and like figure it out as you go, mm-hmm. you realize like there's not much you can't, you can't yeah. do. But yeah, so I, I also on each blog post will share like a detailed step-by-step how-to guide. And I kind of wanted to mimic the way food blogs work where that's like there's a recipe card at the end. And so if you want to like really dig into the meat of the blog post and and learn, you know, how the – you know, the cook was inspired and all those things. You can, (laughs) but if you also are like, this is bullshit, I just want the recipe, you can just like skip right down to the recipe card. And so I kind of wanted to offer the same option for these um, DIY projects because a lot of the resources I find online, it's a lot of bullshit. And it's like, I don't, just tell me how to do it. It is. And so I wanted to create like a really easy, clean, you know, resource for for folks that want to tackle those projects but don't like need a bunch of mm-hmm. extra information and I also you know like when you go online and you look up these tutorials or you look up information on these things it's like all old white guys and if it I have to watch though. one more yeah. you know YouTube video of an old white guy like teaching yeah. me how to install tile like I'm done like I can't do it anymore yeah. and so I wanted to create a space for folks that are not white men, old white men, to feel comfortable, you know, to tackle these projects because it's actually really fun and it's not that hard. It's not that hard. But I but I like what you said. It's not that hard, but in, but until you do it, it seems really It seems so intimidating. I like what you said about I, that you wanted to give permission. Yeah. For some reason, it's like I needed someone to tell me that I have permission to do it. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why when I'm working on projects, I usually have Connor, um, I'll have someone else do the the project, right? Yeah. But like I want to learn how to do it. And at the end of it, he'll like do the majority of it and then he'll, he'll hand me like the drill and like some nails. I'm like, okay, right. like it's up to you. And for some reason... I feel super awkward. Mm-hmm. I feel super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel embarrassed. Yep. Like I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. When all he's doing is screwing in, sorry, screwing in a freaking screw. That's yeah. it. Yeah, but totally. It's, it's easy. But for some reason, I'm just like, uh, and I th- I'm female. I don't know. Yes, I've I think a lot it. of it is is gender biases and, and gender norms. And like this industry has always had these men as gatekeepers yeah and we've come up to the door as women and we get harassed in uh hardware stores we get yeah. um 
which is what which was the inspiration for that blog post on pass fail to begin with because I went in one day I went to a Home Depot and a Lowe's and at both stores got like very aggressively harassed within one day sexually harassed yeah in the in the the lumber aisles and I was like this is fucking bullshit like yeah that's nuts you know and so um so I think there have been these gatekeepers and like when you try to enter their, their space it's like you you feel uncomfortable you feel unsafe you feel like you don't belong there and I think the more people that just say like fuck that and go in anyways the easier it's going to continue to be and I I you know it it is really satisfying to go into a Home Depot and know exactly what you need and ask for it and the guy's face is like huh yeah exactly and so I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to have those how-to guides so like you could literally take it in and have a checklist of everything you need to buy and you don't feel like really lost or confused walking yeah. into the store like you know exactly what you need mm-hmm. and um I just I think I don't know it's like if if you enjoy it there's no reason for you not to jump in you should totally do it but then also it's okay that you walk in with heels and a skirt and 100 like like you said in the blog post have sawdust in your hair yeah it's like that's okay yeah totally and I just think you know it's the first time you screw the screw into the wall, it's not going to be perfect because it's the first time you're doing it. Right. But if you keep allowing yourself to do it, like you figure it out and then you're like, oh, well now I'm going to try to build this other thing. And like you realize it's, it's not that actually that hard. And, um, you know, it's a pretty cool space and it's pretty satisfying to like do that kind of work and be like, I did that by myself. Yeah. You're allowed to do whatever it is that you want to do. Yep. And you don't need a gatekeeper. Nope. I love it. So people can find you on Instagram. Yes. So my personal Instagram is at Amandita Brujita, um, which is... I love it. Yeah. I'm a little witch. Um, <laughs> that's my personal Instagram. And then the Instagram account for my blog is at a second coat. Um, and I've been documenting right now. I'm working on a kitchen renovation that I've been documenting, which... Um, is quite the endeavor. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to, I'll actually be leaving here and going to paint my ceiling after this. Nice. So, uh, casual Saturday afternoon. And then um, <laughs> if you're interested in reading Pass Fail, um, mm. you can find that at Pass Fail. Um, I think it's at pass.fail. I could yes, be wrong. I think that's correct. On Instagram. On Instagram. Yep. And the website is passfailpassfail.com. Um, and there are so many inspirational women writing amazing pieces on that blog. So definitely check it yeah. out. And you don't have to be a female to be into this stuff. No, also. definitely not. So check it out. Female, male, non-binary. You they... can fall on whatever <laughs> part of the scale you want. And yeah. all of it is still relevant. I love it. Yeah. Amanda, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thanks, Maria. Mm. See you soon. <laughs>